Man, I love that. I love that text. I don't, I, I don't know. It, I hope that you guys are uh, enjoying that text and digging in. That's what we're doing this uh, series. We're, we're calling it Digging In. I know we're taking a chance, but we're saying, hey, let's dig into the scriptures, even though it's Zoom sermons, even though we're at home, uh, that we're going to get into the Word of God. Hi, everybody. Again, I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors on our staff team, and I'm ready to, uh, to bring uh, the next section of this of this word to you guys. How, I really hope we kind of challenge everybody at the beginning, like, Hey, would you memorize this? And we made a big deal about the fact that a 13 year old was showing us all up. And then, uh, we hope that you haven't forgotten and that you in fact are, uh, are going to be memorizing the text. So, um, would you try to do that as we go through it? Because it's so rich to meditate on this text. I hope somebody's doing that. In fact, I got a hundred bucks in my pocket. If you want to memorize this, I am not giving anybody a hundred dollars. I'm over that. I'm finished. But here's what I do have. Look at this. Look at this. This Bible. Have you ever heard of this Bible? It's so great. It's a big old fatty Bible and it's got, guess what it has? Does anybody know what it has? In the chat box, tell me what, what it has. This Bible. It has anyone? Yes. Color on every page. Well done. That's right. And pictures. Yes. Well done. Okay. All right. So there's the thing, you guys, we are going to uh, give away one of these Bibles to, uh, to somebody who uh, just admits, hey, I'm memorizing that scripture. And so uh, if you are somebody that's already done that and you've been wanting one of those Bibles, go ahead and, and post it up in the chat room. And uh, if you want to send me a, 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 an email because um, you didn't want to brag, then you can do that too. And we want to connect you with one of those Bibles. Did you open your Bible, by the way? I hope you're opening your Bible. Why don't we do that right now? Do you have your, your uh, you may be using your device to watch it. So maybe you hopefully got a paper Bible or you got a PDF that we sent in the email this morning. If you're on our email list, we'd love you to be on that email list so that you get the Zoom connect and as well as the PDF. There's a text there. Um, I'd love to have you open your Bible to our text in, uh, in Romans um, chapter five. That is, uh, is what we're studying. Here's, here's what I want you to know today, friends. We're getting to the part where we talk about what suffering does in our life. Ben introduced the concept of suffering last week, and we're going to now talk about what it does. Here's what I want you to know, okay? If you get sideways today and you don't remember anything else that I'm going to tell you, this is what I want you to know. I want you to know that whatever struggle, whatever suffering, whatever trial you're going through right now has the potential of being used by God to bring you life at its fullest. See, that's how God does it. He uses those sufferings. And I want you just to stop as we get going this morning. And, and I want you to ask, just how are you suffering? Where are you struggling? I mean, in, in the midst of the broken world, and in the midst of the people that are sick, and in the midst of people that have lost businesses, in the midst of people that have lost their income, you may not feel right away that it's even appropriate to go, well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing fine, you know, compared maybe, but listen, no, all of us are in the midst because life is hard. And I just want to ask you as we get started here, where and how are you suffering? What have you experienced? What are you carrying? What fear, what loneliness, what ache, what uh, habits or patterns you're not able to break? Um, is it physical? Is it um, emotional? What is it that you're carrying? Because I want you to carry that thought into the rest of this message as we look at what the scriptures teach us. 
Now, if you have your scriptures open, we want to look at it. This is where we've been in this text. I started by giving us those, uh, those incre- incredible, um, theologically heavy couple of, of phrases at the beginning. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, do you have it? Do you have the word in front of you? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Remember that? That's that good news that we have full access to God, and that's where we live. We get to stand in that place. We've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And then Pastor Courtney came along and she said, and we're going to boast, we're going to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Then God's goodness, we have full access to God. And that is, uh, brings incredible joy because we experience God's glory, God's goodness now and we will forever. And then Ben came along and said, oh yeah, hang on. So he was like, yeah, thanks for that assignment. But when he preached last week, he got to the next phrase in the text and he said, yeah, not only so, we're not just boasting in the goodness of God, we're also going to glory in our sufferings. We're going to exult in our sufferings. We're going to rejoice in our sufferings. We're going to boast about our suffering. And why? And his whole message, if you didn't see it last week, you should. It's because that suffering will bring about a life, an epic life that God's designed for us. We cannot be the heroes, he said. I'm on a hero's journey, and I cannot get to the calling God has on my life unless I go all the way through even the hard stuff. Suffering's going to produce something, and that leads us to our text today. You see it? Ben, ben preached on, we glory in our sufferings, and then this phrase I want you to focus on today with me, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. You see, suffering brings stuff. Suffering brings stuff, and it begins with this idea. What does it bring? It begins with bringing perseverance. Now, kind of a recap on suffering in the scriptures. I want you to know this. This is all we know about. We, know, we do not know a lot about suffering, and, and, and but what we do know from the scriptures is this. Very simple. Ready? Here's your lesson on suffering. One, he will never leave you nor forsake you. His grace is always going to be sufficient for you. He will always be present with what you need. That's one thing we know. And two, suffering produces perseverance. That's what we know about suffering. He's going to be with you in it. And secondly, it will produce in us perseverance. And so then that's why this text and other texts say, so we can then rejoice. We can rejoice then. We're actually going to find joy, not not because of the suffering, but we can find joy in it. We can gird up under it because that perseverance will transform us and bring us life. In our text, it says we glory in our sufferings. Why? Because it's going to bring about some things. I want to read two other passages. They're both on the PDF if you opened it up. But very quickly, I just want you to hear this idea that that, that we, we rejoice in those sufferings because it'll bring some stuff, starting with perseverance, and perseverance brings the life that we're longing for. I know I haven't really defined perseverance yet, but just want you to see this concept that it, suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance brings life. There's a parallel passage, almost different authors, but it's in James. James chapter 1, James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There it is again. You you can consider it joy, because going through trials of many kinds is going to develop perseverance. And then it says this. Here's the key. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. 
not lacking anything, not lacking anything God has for you, that he will bring you through it. And then verse 12, it goes on a few verses later to say, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who love him. If they persevere through it, God's going to bring life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36 says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't get shaken in this time, in this suffering, people. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. See, when we persevere through it, then there's life on the other side. So then how does that work? What is, what is this about? First, what is it? What is perseverance? You guys, it's just hanging in there. It's the guts to stick it out. It's about not giving up. I mean, I know we think about perseverance like some sort of a trite metaphor around like, you know, marathon training or something like that, where it's this endurance where we're so, we have such passion and conviction that we're going to see our way through. It's really not that. It's more about just not giving up. If you ever tried to run a marathon, maybe that's exactly what it is that you experienced. That's what I experienced, my one marathon in my whole life. I ran my one marathon and it wasn't about I have passion and conviction. No, it's about whether or not I had the guts to stick it out when it got really hard. My marathon was about just not wanting to give up. My marathon was about not wanting to get on the bus or the sag wagon. And as I saw my dad who was on the, the, the route with me that I wanted just to be like, hey, let's get in the car and go have a cheeseburger. Or there was later on in, in, in the race, I mean, I wanted to sort of like throw my body in front of one of the cars that were driving by because I figured a ride to the hospital and intravenous Gatorade was better than finishing. Like it's just sort of that idea of, of not giving up. That's what it is. Perseverance is not giving up. And in the context of us following Jesus, it's about not giving up on the fact that we believe that God is for us, and we believe that God is good, and that we believe that living faithfully and obedient to him and to the scriptures, to the Holy Spirit within us, is going to be worth it. It's not giving up trusting him and waiting on him. It's about not illegitimately trying to find life or happiness or comfort or apart from God. That's, a, that's what perseverance is. We're not going to give up finding life in you, God. We're not going to give up living for you. We're not going to give up believing in you no matter how hard it is. And this is why the text says that life's going to come. Do you see it? Because if we persevere, if we take that suffering and we persevere, then life's going to come because we will be faithful to God, the fact that God is real. We'll be faithful to be obedient. We'll be legitimately finding life through him and not living in our sin. So how does that all work? Well, when it's hard, we boast in our weakness and then Jesus comes. Man, I, okay, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in your Bibles, you can open this if, or write this down. You got to look at this. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen, listen to, the, to this. I know this is a familiar passage and, 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 and this is so helpful for you. Uh, this is how it's going, perseverance is going to work, how it's going to come and bring life. Paul was talking about asking that the Lord would take some of this suffering away from him, verse 9 in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But he said to me, Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you, God said to him. My power, listen, is made perfect, you know, this, this verse, in weakness. And so he goes, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. There is, that's, that, that's that glory in the suffering. I'm going to boast about my weaknesses 
so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why he says, for Christ's sake, I delight. Oh my gosh, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and in difficulties because when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, that's where life comes from. It comes from not like, think about the, the, again, the metaphor of the marathon. It's like, I'm so strong. I'm just going to gut it out. I'm going to stick it out. No, friends, life comes in our suffering from saying, help me, Jesus. You're my only hope. You are the only thing that can get me through this and that can bring life through all of this. The secret sauce is that we don't just give up but we put our trust in him. It's not our strength. This text teaches us, he goes, oh, guess what? I'm going to delight in my sufferings because then Jesus' power will rest on me. You guys, life doesn't come from us putting up our amazing strength. Life comes from Jesus and his power coming to rest on us. So that's how it works. What it is is sticking it out, being faithful to what's true. And what and, and, and how it works is that Jesus comes and his power rests on us. And the last thing I want to tell you about this is that we need to pursue that. It, you see, it's not just automatic that suffering produces perseverance. I know the text says suffering produces perseverance. But it, it really should read, suffering can lead to perseverance, but we need to choose it. Those two passages I read from James or from Hebrews chapter 10, I mean, again, Hebrews 10 says, you need to persevere. So then when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. You need to persevere. You need to hang in there. And so I want to leave you with just some quick thoughts you've actually heard from me before. I've weaved this into so many conversations and meshed it into so many sermons. But the question is, how then do we persevere? If I need to persevere, how do I do that? What does it look like? How do I hang in there faithfully when it's really hard? So a couple of quick thoughts to close up. One, this is how we persevere. We remember what is true. We remember what is true. Church, we remember what is true. That's how we're going to persevere. We can, we're going to forget, and then we're going to give up. We're going to remember what's true about God. We're going to remember what's true that he's the Lord. We're going to remember what's true that he's forgiven us. We'll remember that it's true that we have access into his grace in which we now stand. We live there. We're going to remember what's true that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. We're going to remember what's true that God has the victory and that he's the Lord of heaven and earth. We're going to remember what's true that one day in heaven, all of these tears are going to be gone. There'll be no more death and no more pain. We remember what's true that he's gifted us and that his grace will come and that he'll get us through whatever it is that we face. We remember, we remember, we remember, or we'll just give up. And how do we remember? We remember by being in the word, friends, at least by being in the word. So let's memorize the scriptures. Let's get in the scriptures. Let's practice that experience. Remember what's true. That's how we persevere. Second, the other thought is related to it. How do we persevere? We rehearse what's true. We rehearse what's true. We remember what's true and then we rehearse what's true because if we remember what's true so that we won't forget, we rehearse what's true because then we'll keep it going. See, if all we do is remember, then we're going to remember for a short time and then we're going to forget. But we need to remember over a long period of time. And so we're going to constantly rehearse it. And rehearsing the truth is is implementing the disciplines of worship, of meditating on God's word, of memorizing the scriptures and letting it soak in and coming back to it, of journaling what's true, of telling God what we remember and what we know to be true. 
Rehearsing is the discipline of not just worship, it's, it's getting a tattoo, it's, it's writing it on, 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 our, on the doorpost of our house, it's, it's, it's going, I will not forget these truths. Hey, if you're a kid and uh, you don't, go ahead and tell your parents, Pastor Jeff said, get a, get a tattoo. Get a tattoo that just reminds you that Jesus is life. That's how we persevere. Remember what's true. And we, I was just kidding, by the way, you don't have to get a tattoo. Remember what's true and we rehearse what's true. Third, we hang on to Jesus. This is how we uh, persevere. This is how we hang on being faithful to him when it's hard. We, we hang on. We go, help. I'm not going to let go of you. In my weakness, Christ's power will rest on me. So God, come and help me. I'm going to delight in my weaknesses and my insults and my hardships and my persecutions, my difficulties. That's all 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 again. I'm going to hang on to you. Come, your power may rest on me, God. For where else will I go? And I think a lot of us, we, you know, we kind of knock on his door and we go, are you, are you going to help me? Are you there? And in and, and, and God's eternal wisdom, how he shows up in our life and how he speaks and how there are times of silence and all of that stuff. I, I, I just don't know that we've got our heads around grabbing onto him, hanging on and not letting go and going, you're my hope. And you, where else would I go? As the disciples said to Jesus, Where's, you're, you're all I have. And we tenaciously grab a hold of his robe, Right. And go, I'm not going to let go until I receive my blessing. That's an allusion to Genesis chapter 32 when Jacob wrestled with God. Go read that today. It's an incredible passage. That's how we persevere. We remember what's true. We rehearse what's true. We hang on to Jesus. And last, we got to give ourselves the permission in in this persevering to mourn what is not yet. We have to mourn what is not yet. It's normal. It's natural that we're in the midst of sufferings, that we're in the midst of trials, that we're in the midst of difficulties, that we're in the midst of imperfection and and an imperfect world. And so we rejoice in our sufferings. You guys, this, this persevering, this delighting in these things, this rejoicing in our sufferings is not as this fake happy. It's not yippee. No, we lament. And we weep like Katie did in that prayer, that the kingdom of God has not yet come in its fullness, not in the world, not in me, not in my life. It hasn't yet come. And so we're waiting on you, God, and we're, we're lamenting that it isn't yet here. We mourn for what is not yet. For goodness sakes, people, Jesus wept. And he knew the end of the story. And he wept. Remember when he wept? He wept because his friend Lazarus died, but he didn't weep because his friend died. He actually knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He wept when he saw his friends grieving. His friends who didn't know the end of the story, who had to live in the midst of darkness and death and pain and sin and imperfection and suffering. When he saw his friends weep, Jesus wept with them. I mean, the answer to the question, which is part of the suffering question and perseverance question is, where's God in this? The answer to that question is, with you, weeping alongside you. Perseverance brings life because we cry out, God, I'm going to stick with you. And Jesus' help comes. What are you facing and experiencing today, church? If you hang in there faithfully, what did you identify? You're like, this is what I'm struggling with. If you hang in there faithfully, he will bring you the crown of life that he's promised to those who love him.
We rejoice in our sufferings because it can lead to us not giving up. And when we don't give up, Jesus comes and life comes. I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to do a little chatting on the box as we go into worship. But let me hear this prayer, church. Let me pray for you. God, I'm weak and I'm suffering. In fact, I'm going to pause there. Tell him, church, tell him privately, journal it, chat it if you want us to pray along with you. How do you need him? How are you struggling? I'm weak, God, and I'm suffering. And I rejoice in your goodness. And I rejoice at the same time in my sufferings. And I need your power to come and rest on me. And I choose this morning, God, to be faithful to you. To be faithful to what is true. To stick it out with you. Let's rehearse that truth this morning, gang, as we go into this, um, just before we start the video, actually, if you just, let's just take a minute or two in silence and just chat or journal, you know, in all that you're facing, what, what, after hearing this message, what is your heart choosing to say? You can even start with in the journal or in the chat, my heart will choose to say, and what would it say? My heart will choose to say you are good. My heart will choose to say, I trust you. My heart will choose to say, I'm coming back to you again, Jesus. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. My heart will choose to say, I long to be faithful to you, Jesus. I, I long to, I choose to say, have your way in me, Jesus. Cry out to him in your weakness and in your longing. Rehearse the truth that you choose to be one who sticks it out with him. Just take a moment, interact with the Lord.